Ladies and germs, welcome to... Do you keep track of the episode numbers? Yeah, no dedication. I think episode 249. I don't have a title yet for this. Um, what is... Do a drum roll here. The missing middle. Some of you may have heard of this. Others will have no idea. The missing middle is a section of housing that apparently, and yes, for the most part, Vancouver is missing. Which camera am I looking at here? <laughs> so today we're gonna talk about that. Um, very important topic because it's finally bringing density to the city, density of a different type. We'll get into that in a second. Today, as you can see, I'm on the famous turquoise couch in unit 909 at 68 Smith Street. That's one Pacific and I'm looking over the bridge right now with these water views as you're gonna see some B-rolls throughout today's video of this amazing spot here. Uh, we'll add some details of this unit as it is currently for sale uh, by the Sharp Real Estate Group. A 980 square feet, two bed, two bath. Beautiful linear sun-drenched plan, but we're gonna get into that in the details sprinkled throughout the video. The missing middle. So there are lots of high-rise units in the city, as we know. We're just talking about the city of Vancouver now. Um, there's lots of single-family residents behind us here, behind downtown here, as we know. Um, but there's not a lot in between those two housing types. So they've officially labeled this the missing middle and adding missing middle housing and simplified regulations uh, in low density neighborhoods. So when we're thinking about density, specifically here in Vancouver, of course, downtown and throughout the corridors, as we're starting to see more of, there's a lot of concrete high rises as there are in many other parts of the world. But there's a lot of resistance to that uh, outside downtown. Resistance not only from the people uh, of the city, but from uh, resistance from uh, the local authorities, the local municipality government, um, with regards to regulations on what can actually be built, why, how, why not. Um, and it's very, very, very red tape intensive uh, situation. So what they're trying to do now, obviously based on an affordability factor that we've been struggling with for many moons now, um, bringing this new approach, not just throw more high rises up and cluster the place, but fill the gap with these missing middle uh, types of homes, which will bring a lot more density to neighborhoods, not as much as a concrete high rise, but more density, but keeping it a neighborhood feel, I think is the, the end overall result that they're looking for, and we'll, we'll get into that why. I apologize, I'm gonna be looking a lot at this screen today. The old videos, not a single script in sight, as you can probably tell. Now, we're trying to give a little bit more well, I don't want to call it official information because everything I say is obviously official, but more structured information from third-party sources. So I need to get this right. So I'm looking at a screen and I'm not going to be able to memorize all this because I'm now getting old and I just can't do such a thing. So what's the point? We're making it easier, faster, and cheaper to build new housing of this specific type. So a little stat, which I roughly knew, but 
a lot of people may not know, 50% of the land in Vancouver is uh, zoned an RS zone. There are nine different RS zones, and that is single family housing zones. So you've either got a house, a house and a laneway, or a duplex, that's it. Um, so that's 50% of the land in Vancouver, and 90% of that 50% um, are all single family detached houses. You take an elevated look at Vancouver, uh, let's say with the north to your back, looking south from a drone, Al might have something like that. Um, he's paid efficiently enough to have something like that on hand. <laughs> You'll see after you get to downtown and some of the corridors, it's just detached houses. You'll have clusters, Metrotown, Richmond. Um, now you've got Brentwood, of course, but the mass majority of the land is all single family detached. So how do they densify that? And how do they densify that efficiently and not to basically disrupt neighborhoods by throwing a massive tower in there, taking the res or the retail space in the bottom of those towers and putting in your Starbucks and your big names, pulling away from those neighborhood community stores, community centers and coffee um, and all that sort of stuff. So this has been a long time coming. I think this is a very good result that we will hopefully get to, and it sounds very promising. So we're gonna get into exactly what that is. But one other caveat here, obviously, hundreds of houses are torn down a year throughout these sections, and every time a new single-family home gets built, typically bigger, uh, as the FSR, the floor space ratio, they call it, it's allowable uh, equation that you're allowed to build, how much space you're allowed to build in the form of a, of a home or homes on any given size lot. The FSR typically gets has gotten bigger over the years. So as an old house comes down, a larger new house gets put up. Of course, absorbent costs of building and land these days. So every time a new single family house gets built, it just makes these single family houses that much more unattainable to the masses. As, I can never remember this damn saying, as one ship rises, the wave, what is it? Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With the tide, all the ships rise, that one. So as these new houses get built and bigger single family houses get built, it just sustains this one lot, one home circumstance that we have in 50% of the land and it keeps the prices elevated and, and climbing. So that's kind of what we're fighting against per se, because you can only put so many towers up and they really want to sustain the, uh, the neighborhoods. So who's doing this? David Ebby, E.B. I don't know, 37th uh, Premier of BC. Of course, as you probably all know, um, he's spearheading this. I've looked back as far as 2017, I've seen this discussed kind of in its infancy. A few gentlemen out of UBC, urban land stuff out there, uh, started with this concept. There was competitions done over the years, what type of housing would be best suited, voted on, so on and so forth. So I'm gonna try to do a who, what, when, where, why, how to this. It's a little scattered, but we'll see what we can do. So what, what are they talking about doing? They're talking about standardizing the requirements. So consistent building setbacks, building heights, and building sizes. So a lot of this reminded me of, if you look back to the Vancouver special days, you'd go and you'd go into City Hall and say, I want this one. Give me the template for architecture, it's 20 bucks, whatever, give it to your builder and they build it. So it was a lot more templated systems in place back then. Um, you've got obviously prefab options now that you can do as well, but um, this brings kind of a, 
a uniformity, I guess, to the to the process of, of building, which will make things a lot easier. So eliminate zoning uh, and permit complexity, reduce and remove design guidelines to allow for greater design freedom and increased design choice. So improve certainty around building clarity and what can actually be built. So again, clearing the red tape is the goal here. Allow flexibility and timeline to be uh, at the forefront here and just a lot less red tape. Like I said before, combine uh, all, there's nine current RS zones in the city of Vancouver, combine all nine RS zones to a new single RS zoned zoning regulation with blanket rules. So instead of having nine different areas with nine different sets of rules, combine it all, blanket rules on all of them, making the process much more clear, streamlined, straightforward, less red tape. Additionally, what type of homes now are we exactly talking about in the missing middle? So ground-oriented housing approach is, uh, is what we're doing here. So not like we're in now a high-rise, but a lot more ground-oriented. So side-by-side -side duplex, stacked duplex. Uh, I'm not gonna go into details on what all these means, obviously easy to Google. Side-by-side -side duplex, stacked duplex, fourplex stacked, courtyard buildings, cottage courts, townhomes, medium multiplex, stacked triplex, live-work zone, um, one to three-story oriented, uh, ground-oriented housing, four to six-story um, low-rise buildings, so before that missing middle, those all types of housing they're talking about, on one side you've got detached housing, one house, maybe a laneway on the lot. The missing middle is being able to do that type of density as I just went through. And then obviously on the other side of that is the high rise. So it's those two segments that we are most known for and then really filling in the middle. So what is the point? This offers a diversity, uh, a diversified roster of housing supply. You've got, whatever this is, 10 different types of homes to choose from um, when looking at a, a densifying process. A handful of pre-established multiplex configurations, like I said, similar to Vancouver Special. These are some easy things we can do here. Just again, all efforts to streamline. Much less complicated way to add density than a high-rise. You may or may not know, but the process to get a high-rise approved um, and built is extensive and is a very, is a multi-year process. So we're really trying to get to the bottom of adding density quickly and efficiently and, and properly, for lack of better words, to the city. Much led, less red tape and bureaucracy, as mentioned before. Uh, a much less case-by-case -case approval process for building, um, much like we've got now with, with single family and all the zones and high-rise. Less dramatic impact around to the surrounding neighborhoods, which I think is the most important, personally. Services, community, human congestion, uh, parking and traffic congestion. These are all things we think of when the neighborhoods change and the way it's going most of these neighborhoods are going to change for better or for worse I have my opinions on that but that's irrelevant right now some people like it some people don't uh, but what we need to keep in mind is if you add a hundred people to this block in the form of a high-rise where the hell they'll park what does that look like do you dig down the six stories do the streets get filled you go to the West End 90 something percent of the streets are uh, permit only or non-parking so that it brings up all these secondary third fourth 20 steps away from the general we need to densify with potential risks to the neighborhood so really being as cohesive cohesive as we can to keep the neighborhoods 
undisturbed. Keeping the neighborhoods quaint, prefabs as an option to streamline again. Yes, so when, who, what, when. Spring 2023, um, the review and response has taken place, which just happened. There's gonna be a council report this summer, this fall, the public hearing and the council decision and then to be determined when the permits will be issued. Um, I'm guessing before the end of 2023, all of, the, I'm not gonna go into it because there's enough information here, but a lot of the meetings and response they've gotten so far have very high percentages of uh, acceptability of what the plan is with this type of uh, process moving forward. So it looks very positive. The process has been, again, started talking, I think 2017 is the oldest stuff I could find, but has been a very consistent progression right through. So it looks like it will get done this year. I've heard word of trial process. They may give 100 permits first come first serve as soon as it's done, just to see how it works and not have the whole city rush to the, city of builders rush to the to city hall to do it. But again, to be determined. Where, um, where will all this take place? Throughout Vancouver RS zones. So again, there's nine RS zones. Um, with huge complexity around the building process. Zoning rules for duplexes and laneways are generally the same today across all RS zones, but for housing, it's different. Um, housing in some neighborhoods is also uh, dictated by design guidelines. So it's really all over the place with, with red tape right now. So it's going to cover all of those uh, RS zones. Why? I think that's obvious. Uh, we need more housing. Generally speaking, we know what the immigration numbers are looking like. The first quarter this year, they broke another record of, of immigration numbers. So there's people here, there's people coming, and again, supply and demand affordability. So it always comes back to the tried and true uh, Vancouver issue of price, um, supply and demand. So again, pretty straightforward on the why, how. So some details here, uh, right now they're gonna, the proposal, they're going to reduce the size of a new house from, okay, on a standard lot, 33 by 122 feet. Typically right now you can get 0.7 FSR. All of these are very general. There's some relaxations and, and uh, other circumstances around this, but these general numbers is what we're gonna look like because there's too many nuances, which is part of the problem right now as well. So right now on a standard lot, you've got 0.7 FSR, floor space ratio, again, um, the amount of floor space divided by the lot size is how they get the floor space ratio. So you can build 2,800 feet today on 33 foot lot. They wanna shrink that down to 0.6 FSR, which is 2,400 feet. So they wanna detour you from building single family on the lots. As we've gone progressively over the years up to this point, they've gotten more FSR, so you can build bigger houses. But now obviously with all this density in mind and all these RS spaces, they wanna bring that back. So it's less motivating for you to just tear down a smaller house, build a single family big one. You can still do it, but you're getting smaller space. So this encourages, okay, I can do more, more density here. Um, let's maybe not tear down and go that direction, let's tear down and go a different direction. Um, obviously this is not gonna be for everyone, but this is the motivating factors that the city's bringing in. Increased size of the laneway. So again, standard lot right now, you got 0.16 FSR, so you can build 800 square feet. They're gonna up that to 0.25, so you can build those laneways at 1,000 square feet. Um, again, uh, improved livability, they're calling this. Of course, 
you sell something at 800 at X amount per square foot at 800 feet or X amount per square foot at 1,000 feet, you're not getting direct affordability benefits here at all, in my opinion, but it's allowing for more of these to be built. And from that perspective, supply and demand in theory will come down. There's an argument to all of this I know. Our supply and demand is forever gonna be trumped by that immigration plug, but they can only do what they can do on the provincial level, and this is what they're doing, which I think is a good thing. Uh, reduce basement depths from five feet, build under to four. This is an interesting one. So they're trying to, you can now build uh, slab on grade, they call it, so not dig down, and they're trying to dig down less, so those ground level units have more light and again are more livable and again an interesting one here um, easier to connect to the sewer system via gravity and not have pumping systems from down there pumping up to ground level just another system you need to worry about in the home uh, so very interesting garages no larger than two garages anymore no three car garages um, which they're highlighting here reduces tree loss you wanna put a garage in and there's a tree strategically in the backyard, I guess. Um, we all know how hard it is to take trees out. But anyway, two car garage max. The new houses, duplex and multiplexes are required to plant trees. One tree in the front yard on standard lot, two trees in the front yard on 50 foot plus lot and retaining trees will contribute to that count as well. So we've gotta keep things green. Required to confirm with BC Hydro if electrical boxes are required, details. Some of the house rules, house building rules in some RM and RT zoned lots uh, for the house and the laneway rules will be amended as well, but this is mainly an RS trial right now. So to give you a bit more insight, 33 foot lots, 4,000 square feet, you can, again, roughly speaking here, you can build three to four homes um, in a single building or in two separate buildings. 44 foot frontage, which is a 5,000 square foot lot, you can build four to five homes. And a 50 plus frontage, 6,000 square foot lot, you can build four to six homes, which would be strata, or you can go all the way up to eight homes if it's rental. There are density bonuses um, density bonus rates, they're calling it, um, that you can potentially allow up to 1.0 FSR in places um, with caveats to uh, market rental homes being incorporated. And then again, bonus density charges can be removed with uh, rental options put in place. And finally, there will be an abundance of parking relaxation, meaning you don't have to build parking on site, but again, a very hard thing. Do you build underground parking at such absorbent costs uh, for uh, for a, a duplex, a triplex, a fourplex, or do you give relaxation so that residential real estate still gets built and cars are just now the afterthought? So yes, that will clog up neighborhoods by cars, assuming everyone is driving, but you got to give to get. So there's a there's an abundance more detail online. Just Google the missing middle of Vancouver and you can find it. Um, it looks to be underway, I'm hoping by the end of this year. I think it's a very smart and strong approach to delivering results for such a vast part of our city um, that really won't change the diversity and the dynamic elements that these little residential neighborhoods currently have. So personally, 
I'm 100% for it. I think it's a very good idea and I think it's a very good approach forward. It seems like the majority of people they are asking agree and it will get done uh, in all this manner. But Google it, look online for more details on all this. That's today's video. Very informative and very important. One other note, as we noted last week, June 7th, Bank of Canada is the next rate meeting. Will they go up again? There's a lot of rumor taking place. As we know, if you've been looking in the market, the market is heating up. Still inventory issues out there, even with rates where they are now. We're seeing multiple offers on a variety of different levels. Not everywhere, but it's definitely known to happen. So is that a trigger that uh, Mr. Macklem at the BOC is looking at? I presume so. And are they gonna hold? We all know they went up eight times, they've held twice. A lot of people compare us to the US who've now gone up 10 times. Uh, are we gonna jump up again, hold? Again, I'm holding with, I don't think they're gonna start reducing until Q1 at earliest 2024. But yeah, June 7th, keep an eye out for that, for the next rate hike. It's not a hike necessarily, so next rate meeting. And that is way too long and I will see you in a week. Thank you. Where is it cut here? I'm in like the 60s corner. Are you framed in? Do I look like I'm sitting in the 60s other than they don't have these? Yeah, nice. Okay.